I feel like God wants to speak on something this morning. Just take a seat for a sec, guys. Just keep playing gently. Um, this week at, uh, at this week at uh, horse riding, Isaac's pony Leah, um, her his train his coach came up and was um, getting her ready for Isaac to get on. And uh, she had this floppy hat on. It was this big straw floppy hat because she's a redhead and she gets sunburned. So she wears this big hat when she's out on the arena with Isaac. And uh, Leah, Isaac's pony, freaked out. So she had the lead rope and uh, there's flappy hats flying in the wind. And the pony's like freaking out. She's running around in a circle. She's rearing back. And, she's, and she's, it was because she didn't like the floppy hat. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And uh, she said, Isaac, just stand over there. I'm just going to sort this out. Now, you'd think she'd just take the floppy hat off and just get on with it. But she didn't. She actually took, just stood there with her hat on and talked to Leah and then she took the hat off and she... You're going to be Leah for a minute. <laughs> and she rubbed... <laughs> and she rubbed the hat all over her face and down her shoulder and onto her body. And Mike just kept doing that. And she's freaking out. She's going running round and round in circles. And, and Trish is just holding her firm, just talking to her. She wasn't soothing. She was actually being quite firm in the way she spoke to her. So Leah just settled down. And, and she's running round and round. And she just kept on rubbing this hat on her. And then as you're, they call it groundwork. So she was doing groundwork with her. She would get her to, you know, follow her. And, um, but she wouldn't give up. And for about over five minutes, she just kept on with this hat. Now, we would go normally, oh, well, she, the horse is getting upset. Just remove what she's getting upset about, yeah? And in life, we do that. We're like, I'm getting upset about something. Just remove ourselves from it or remove what we're upset about and keep on going. But you see, what happened is that because she made the pony, face what she's afraid of and go, there's nothing wrong here. I've got you. I'm holding on to you. I'm in charge here. You've got nothing to be afraid of. And this is just a floppy hat. Then within five or six minutes, Leah calmed down. Trish puts her hat back on, leads her over to Isaac and he hops on. And then later on in the arena, she's standing where the wind's blowing and Leah didn't even flinch. Why? Because she was in charge and she let Leah know there's nothing to be afraid of. There might be things flapping about. There might be things getting in your face that you're going, what's this? But because Trish was calm and had her holding on to her, she realised as, as time went by and she got desensitised to this thing, there's nothing to be afraid of. And all week I've been thinking about it and the Holy Spirit's been saying, that's what it's like with you. That's what it's like when we face things and things are flapping in us and we're freaking out, going, I'm a little bit not sure about this. And, and you know, the enemy flies things in our face and just life around us. And we can get afraid. Now, our instinct is the same as Leah's, to run. Run as far away from that thing that's flapping in our face as possible. But Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say run away from the things. He actually says speak to them and remind yourself that you don't have to be afraid because who's got the lead? Who's got the lead rope? Jesus has the lead rope. And he says, everything's all right because I'm here with you. Just like Miriam just said, I'm here with you. And if you keep on running around, the thing you're afraid of isn't going to go away. But you don't have to be afraid of it if you face it. You know? And, and so I just really felt this morning as Miriam spoke that, that just to be encouraged, if there's things that we're afraid of, there's things that are getting up in our face or a little bit shaky on, don't run away from them. Because Jesus is there with the lead rope and he's holding on and he is going to make it okay. It's not about running away but about facing our fears and walking straight through them. Because then you'll realise later on they're actually not that big because who's with us?
He is with us and he's in control. Amen? Um, I do want to share with you a revelation I had yesterday, which is really, really simple and really, really logical. And yeah, I've never heard anyone say it. Isn't that amazing? Simple things of God, yeah? So if you think for a minute, if you, were, if you had a need for healing, so you were sick, how do you approach being healed? Some of you are going, I have no idea. That's all right. <coughs> you get out the word. Thank you, Rhea. The first thing you do is you get out the word of God and see what God's word says about healing and you build your faith around healing, right? And then you speak to the sickness using the word of God. Is that right? And you stand on the word of God. Yes? If you have a financial need, how do you deal with it? You get out the word of God. You see what God's word says about it. You build your faith on the word of God. And when you speak to that, you speak the word of God. And we often say people come and say, you know, they're facing this issue or that issue. <coughs> and we often say to them, what does God's word say about it? Find, just allow God to give you a revelation from his word and you stand on that word until you break that sickness or you break that financial need or you break through that situation you're on, right? All right, four of us do. The rest of you will be going, oh, this is a new thing. That's all right. All right? That's how you deal with stuff in your life. All right? Yeah, Mark 11, 23, 24 says that you can talk to the mountain. <coughs> Excuse me. You know? But see, when you talk to the mountain, you don't go in your strength. You go in the strength of God, right? When you tell something to get out of your life or something to change in your life, you speak the word of God to that situation. You don't speak your words. All right? Yep, it is effective. It is a way of doing it. But often as you speak in tongues, God will drop a verse into you, and that word, that verse, actually breaks the situation. Um, I say a friend of mine, but someone we knew, um, they were uh, actually building a new building in Sydney. And um, they'd been trying to get this land. It was an old chook farm. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, no one was interested, nobody wanted this bit of land. And so they bought this bit of land and they were trying to build this church on there. And he said the moment they did the whole thing, <coughs> they finally got the, bought the land... But to put the building up, going through council, council kept rejecting their application, kept rejecting their application. And this was over about seven or eight years. They couldn't even get a permit to build the church on that land. Even though there was no one else for Kui, there was nothing around them. People kept objecting and objecting. And it went up in the papers and it actually went into like the, the equivalent of, you know, the West Australian. It was on front page, some of their stuff, all this, just all this rubbish kept coming up. None of it was true, but they kept, they had a, a missionary who was loosely associated with them. It wasn't someone that was a part of them that was going to the Philippines and she came and talked to the pastor and said, I want to go. And he actually said to her, look, I don't believe God's sending you to go there. She said, no, no, I'm going anyway. And so she went and she got raped and killed in the prison over there um, because she just she went on her own accord. She didn't go with any um, – she didn't – just basically she didn't have any prayer covering. She was just, you know, doing her own thing really. 
And so the church, even though they had, didn't really, you know, she wasn't really a part of them, she'd, just, she'd been there once, um, but she'd said that was her church, so they got dragged through the coals over that because of, you know, why would you send a, a young woman off to a, a male prison in the Philippines to do that sort of thing? And, and so he's just going through this horrible time and they can't get this building built. They're having to rent these buildings all the time. And he said he was, the verse was related somehow <coughs> to them and their building breakthrough. And so he looked at this demon, middle of the sermon, he sort of whispered under his breath, and he spoke the verse. And he said nothing happened. And he spoke the verse again, and he kept going, and he said after about seven or eight minutes of just repeating this verse quietly, because, you know, some guy's preaching, just, you know, seven, he says, this, this demon starts to shake and starts to wilt. And he said he kept going all the way through the service. He said, I have no idea what the guy preached because I'm speaking to this demon. And he says, over that time, the demon starts to weaken and weaken and weaken and weaken. And he said he went home that night and he's still speaking that verse and he's speaking out that verse. And he said within the next week, they got the permit through council. They had everything sorted out and they were able to start their building. That's the power of the word of God. (coughs) When you're facing a situation, we need to go to God and say, God, what is the word for this situation? So if you're facing healing, it may be something like 1 Peter 2.24, that by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And you speak that into, if that's the verse that he lays on your heart, then you just speak it and you speak it and you speak it. You don't sit there and go off into great big ramblings, just speak the word of God. If you have a financial need, it may be that my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That may be the one that it quickens within you. It's called a rhema word. See, the logos word is the written word. It's what's here. We call that logos in Greek. It's what's written. It's powerful. And you can speak it. But a rhema word is when that word comes to life. You know, you read something and it's like it goes off like a firework inside you. It quickens to you. And you go, wow, that's called a rhema word. The Holy Spirit has taken that word and said, that is for your situation. And so you speak to the sickness or you speak to the financial situation and you speak into it and you keep speaking it. Regardless of what you can see with your natural eyes, big key there, you keep speaking it and you keep speaking it until you get your breakthrough. You know, I shared my, about my job, the new job I got a little while ago. While we're in the U.S., God told me, he gave me this, I had this book that's sitting on my shelf. He said, take that book with you. And it's actually on finances. And I went, oh, I've read it a couple of times. He said, take it with you. And it's not a big book. <coughs> it was written by Kenneth Hagin. And so I took it with me and, and I'm reading it. And the great thing about Kenneth Hagin is he just loves the word of God. And so all through this book is just scripture after scripture. And so you can't sort of, you read a paragraph or two and there'll be another verse. And, and as I read through, these verses are going off inside me. I'm pulling my Bible, I'm looking them up. And it took me like, you know, a week to read through the book the first time. When I got to the end, God said, do it again. And so the whole time away, I'm reading through this book and I'm reading about these scriptures and I'm looking them up and they're going off inside me and they became rhema word. And I'm speaking them. And while I'm doing that, it's changing my world. I come back and this job opens up out of nowhere with every reason for me not to have it. And to give you context, 
There would have been a lot of applications. I'm the only guy they interviewed. And it was a 15-minute interview for a senior position in a company where they've decided not to appoint a CEO, so that makes me the senior guy. And I'm looking at it going, why? But this is what God's word does, is it opens doors that shouldn't be opened. It brings healing where it shouldn't bring healing. It brings financial breakthrough where it shouldn't bring financial breakthrough. <clears throat> so that was to catch those of you up who haven't heard that before. That's how you deal with your stuff. For those of you who have been there going, yeah, yeah, we've heard this, let me give you the revelation that dropped him to me yesterday. And I went, wow, I've never heard anyone say it. Maybe they've said it, but I've never heard anyone say it. It's in dealing with people who aren't saved. Who prays for somebody that's not a Christian, that they'll be saved? Yeah? All right, most of us. That's good. When you pray, do you pray the word of God? Because I find most people don't. They pray, Father, I pray they'll be saved. But they don't go to God and say, God... Give me a scripture for that person that I can speak over their life that they may be saved. We do it over our healing. We do it over our finances. Why don't we do it over people? You see, people go, I've been praying for that person for years and they're not saved. Have you got a word from God for them and their situation? You see, we do it in all these other areas and yet we don't apply the word of God specifically to these people. And we read these books and we go through all this stuff and we still, the church is still out there going, why aren't we seeing breakthrough? Because we're not praying the word of God. We're praying in the flesh, not in the spirit. And that, I believe, is why we don't see the breakthrough that we need to see in people's lives around us. And there's a whole lot of verses in the Bible about people being saved. There's a whole lot of words in there that we can use. <coughs> and what we need to do is go to God and say, God, you've laid this person on my heart. What is your word for them that they may come to know you? This is why the church is not seeing breakthrough and why we're not seeing people saved. Because we're not using our most powerful weapon in that arena. I'm sitting there and Dallas had this conversation and I went, wow, man, I feel really stupid now. Because we're... Sorry, um, just to give you some back, background knowledge of, of what, um, what Philip is actually sharing about this morning, is I shared you a couple of weeks ago about what we should do for Christmas. And uh, I love getting out there and doing a big event and, and you know, or, or just being out more visible, yeah? And I... And um, we've done that over the years and we've seen, we've seen things happen. Some of you have been to some of the events and that's why you're sitting here today. But um, I, was, I was just seeking the Lord and, and he said, um, unless you pray, things won't really change. Unless you start to pray for specific things and, and specific issues and problems and people, people just won't come. And I'm like, oh, he said, you can put on all the fun stuff and that'll be great. But unless you pray, things won't change. 
And um, so it's, 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 you know, we, we can get caught up in what everybody else does and we go, but we've got to be... But if we don't pray, I found that the prayer is not the foundation and like real proper prayer, you know, like getting in like we do for other things, like we do for our healing, like we do for our finances, like we do for breakthroughs about things. We don't get the word and pray like God wants us to, then it's all fluffy stuff. And uh, when, I, when I really was starting to ask the Lord, what should we do for Christmas? He said, Christmas is one of those times when we all face our families. We all face the things that we kind of push aside for the, most of the year. And, you know, everybody's getting together, your work and your friends, and everybody's doing this stuff. But it's often the day when, when you just go, oh, God, help them. Or is that just me? <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't know Jesus. Christmas is about how much they can drink, how much they can eat, and then how much you can argue. Yeah? And it's like all the stuff that sits below the surface most of the year comes out at Christmas because people usually have drunk too much, yeah, and eaten too much. And they're like, blah, 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 yeah? Or is that just my family? I hope it's just not my family, Mum. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it's like um, what the Lord was saying was that we've got to pray. And so what I really felt for the weeks leading up to Christmas, which is four weeks, is that we, we go, all right, Lord, who is it that you want me to pray for? What situation needs to shift that is always the same every Christmas and needs to move? That it's just, yeah, same old, same old stuff. And you just, we get used to it. We get just, that's just the way it is. And our families and our neighbourhoods, you know, the neighbours and all those things. Well, what is it? So to ask the Lord, what is it that we are to pray specifically into those situations so that this Christmas is different? Because unless we pray, it won't be. It'll just keep on being the same. And people will just keep on being the same because the enemy just wants to keep people stuck and us stuck and this is the way it is and that's all, that's all there is. And yet he says, I've come to give everybody full and overflowing, abundant life. And that he, he came at Christmas. And so it should be the happiest day of the year. And yet for many people it's not. So if you're going, I don't know, that's not me. But what about the people you do know that they really struggle at Christmas? Yeah. So that's what, I, what Philip's talking about is, is let's get a word and let's, you know, if you have somebody come into your mind right now, just say, all right, let's get a word for that person and let's pray. Okay. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I hope Naomi doesn't mind me sharing this. I won't share any details, but um, about two years ago, the Lord really spoke to me about crafting my prayers. And Naomi was in Argentina and it was a very dark, dark time and the enemy was pressing in and I didn't know what was going on, but I knew I was praying for her life. So I sat down and I said, God, give me your word. And he gave me lots of scriptures and I crafted it into a prayer. And I prayed that prayer. Um, I was praying for one week and she came home. It was miraculous. So um, that's something that I do a lot. And I'm crafting a prayer for um, someone at the moment. So there's lots of scriptures down the side and then I just use the word of God. I'll just read a couple of sentences. So I gird my sword upon my thigh, mighty God. Your glory and majesty will be 
declared and proclaimed over the person I'm praying for that only your plans and purposes for her life will spring forth. And so that's just the word of God and I put that person's name in there and that becomes my prayer. And every time I've done that, like Phil has shared, the movement of God is just fast-tracked amazingly. So if you're looking for someone to be saved, looking for a breakthrough in someone's life, go to God and say, God, show me in the word. Show me the word you have for that person. Because before the foundation of the world, God knew them. Before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain for them. See, we know God's will. It's like, oh, we know God heals and we know God's will is healing, but we still have to apply the scripture. We know it's God's will that we are prosperous and blessed, that we can be a blessing, but we still have to apply the word of God. That's it. And it's really taking the notes and applying the notes. Yeah, it's like um, if you were doing a project and you had this project manager template that had all the things, all the things in there, and you never looked at the template. And you're trying to do the project. You're going to have issues. You're going to have holes. You're going to miss. Well, we've got the template. We've got all we need to finish the project. We just need to apply it. So if you're looking for a breakthrough in, in your life anywhere, if you're praying for someone's salvation, that they come to know Jesus, go to God and say, God, show me in your word the word you have for that person. And when you get it, you just bless them with that word. Father, I pray salvation over that person. I pray according to your word, whatever the verse is. And as you go through the day, just speak that word. Lord, I speak over them that word. You don't have to go into great big long flute and prayers. You just speak that word over them because that's what God has for them in their situation. And don't go by what you can see because sometimes people get worse when you start praying for them. The reason for that is that there's our spiritual battle going on around their life. And we look at the worst and we go, oh, and we stop praying thinking it's not working. Actually, it is working because there's a spiritual battle going on for them. You know, I've got to say, when I started speaking the financial stuff and God really started pushing in there, things got worse. And then they got better. Yeah? Don't go by what you can see, what your experience is. Go by what the Word of God says because God's Word is true. Facts change. Truth doesn't. Remember that. The facts of the person will change to match up with the truth. Yeah? All right. Father, we want to pray into each person here, Father. I speak your word that says that your plan is to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future that you bind together in love. So, Father, I speak over families this Christmas that they'll be bound together in love that there will not be harm, but there will be prosperity and blessing. In Jesus' name.
we honor you. We worship you. Amen. Yeah, I just want to add, you know, what I said before about the flappy hat. That sometimes um, we can back off doing this because it, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard because you know, you know the stuff and you know why, what people are like. And so you can go, ah, too hard. And uh, don't be afraid of the flapping hat. You know, Jesus has got the reins. And if you just do things his way, that's where things change. And sometimes we've got to face things, yeah? We've all got to face stuff. Um, but if we don't face it, it doesn't change. When we face it and we let him have the reins and we do what he says, that's when things change. So uh, when, as Philip shared, you know, just grab hold of it and go, okay, let's just get this thing moved. As Miriam shared, it does work. You know, because he is alert and active watching over his word to perform it. And he is faithful. And he wants, wants these times of celebrations to be good times and not times where we go, ah, oh, another Christmas or another birthday. Yeah? So let's take his word. Don't get put off by the flappy hat. And let's go for it. Amen? Amen. Amen.